on episode four, we spoke about payments, bad reviews, difficult situations. This week, let's talk about damages, damages during the, the guest stay. So I have a few stories uh, from my time hosting my shared place in Queensland. And do you have a few stories to share, Sylvia? I certainly do, right? All right. Let's begin with let's begin with one of them. Um, what, tell us what happened, and how did how did all this go? Yes. Well, Ray, I've been a, a super host for ten years, or at least a host, <laughs> and a super host for most of that time. So you can imagine, I've got a few experiences, and and that ranges from small items being broken or taken um, to uh, much larger damage. I would say that the majority of it was unintentional, if not all of it was unintentional. So I've never had a situation where a guest has been, in, uh, you know, of intention to damage something. So that certainly makes me feel better. Um, but um, there, you know, when I say small items, there could be small items such as glasses or plates that get broken. Um, small items that get taken could be an umbrella. And then the largest damage I've had was when a guest walked into the glass sliding door of my living area. <laughs> what what was I mean he he didn't get too hurt so that's good but what what was interesting about it is I said I told him in the morning I said I've got the glass cleaner coming be careful because you know when the glass is very clean you can't see that it's there and um, so I've got great big sliding doors which open up into the living into onto the balcony which overlooks the garden and I went off to work and then a few hours later I got a call from the guest saying that he had walked into the glass and the glass had smashed from the, from this great mm. big floor to ceiling glass door and um, I, I first asked him if he was okay and obviously he was and he said he just had a bruise on his forehead and so I came home and Back then, and this was at the beginning of my um, of, of my time being a, an Airbnb host, I'm not sure if Airbnb didn't have the insurance that they now have for hosts. The air or cover? If I, the air cover. And, and with the air cover, um, they, they will cover up to three million American dollars of damages um, from from guests, or they've got liability cover um, if a if a guest is injured, um, and and that's up to a million dollars American dollars. So I, I'm just not sure if I wasn't aware of it or they didn't have it. But as I say, this was many years ago, and so I called my insurance company because I did have home and contents insurance. And that maybe that's something we can also talk about whether it's you should have that insurance or not. Um, and 
and they you know i had i had an excess to pay which was $500 and the damage was about $2000 um and he was so um he felt so bad about it um he offered to pay the excess and mm-hmm. and and then i arranged to have it all done now with the air cover that airbnb has i'm fairly confident that they would have covered all of that because mm-hmm. it was a guest um damage so that was that was the most damage i've ever had <laughs> do you know if there's a deductible for for air cover um okay i did I, i've never claimed with air cover but i do have a friend who's claimed a few times uh, over small things such as um her a guest used her washer dryer and and when when the cycle was complete she didn't wait long enough and forced the door open this is a front loader most people know that with front loaders you've got to wait till they're ready till the door is ready to open and she didn't and she she forced the door open and broke the door so that was one situation another situation was when a guest puts some kind of tool under the couch and then when he went to pull the tool out it damaged underneath the couch and this friend of mine who is also super host she claimed as well uh, with air cover she has also claimed with additional cleaning so a guest uh has left it in a bigger mess and it's taken extra cleaning she's, so she's made another claim um and and she uh told me that in all those situations uh she didn't have to pay an excess she just got paid uh with the washer dryer the argument there was that it it was an old washer dryer so they didn't cover the entire amount to replace the door but maybe they you know covered 80% of it um mm-hmm. what she told me is that you need to make the claim within 2 weeks of the guest um stay i'm assuming she meant from the guest leaving uh, because mm-hmm. that's when you would find the damage so you need to put the claim in within 2 weeks if you leave it beyond 2 weeks then of course um it isn't uh, recognized you need to provide photos quotations details um etc and she said that she was paid pretty promptly and so that's three situations where she was paid mm-hmm. yeah that's excellent i think something to keep in mind is that you don't have this problem because you're booked most of, like almost all the time and but i manage airbnb properties that do not have 100% occupancy. And so air cover protects your your place during guest stays. But if your place is empty outside of that, then you still may want to have home and contents insurance because your place could get broken into. And so air coverage is protecting you during the 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 impacts of what guests may do to the damage or missing items. So I I for that reason I have short-term rental insurance that covers both when I have guests and also when I don't have guests in case other things happen. Well, I came to the same conclusion, Ray, when I looked yeah. at it. Um but, and even even though I've got guests here every every night, mm-hmm. um I still think there are, are I could have a time when it's blocked out or 
or in between guests if one leaves in the morning and the other one leaves at at um you know night and the in between and not only that it may be something that happens that didn't involve the guest so Airbnb is not going to cover something that that um you know didn't involve the guest for example um the the shower screen shatters on its own mm-hmm. um you know anything can happen and um i definitely have home and contents insurance which includes the um short term rental uh, nice. as well so i'm fully covered like you and it didn't cost me any extra to get the short term rental added on i was very yeah. surprised but it didn't mm-hmm. so why not have it um so yeah yeah it's best to be covered oh and in a, in in australia well i think it's just it, it's all of australia it's definitely in in the um sydney where where i'm located you need to have by law liability insurance and this is something it is so if the guest is injured or dies um you need to have liability insurance and i looked into this quite intensely and then found out that airbnb does does cover that and there's as i said a million dollars us dollars um mm-hmm. to cover that excellent i think one of the things that i remember most about damages is i recently renovated the kitchen one of my favorite rooms in the house mm-hmm. i like to cook and i also find it's a place where people congregate when you have guests and also it's just a place people hang out because you're cooking and you have a glass of wine it's it's a really nice atmosphere and so i finished renovating a kitchen that took several months and i had my probably my third guest and she was quite stressed because of her personal situation and she was cooking on the on this brand new induction cooktop probably like a 3 or 4000 dollar cooktop and and she used one of my cast iron pans that's not um that's not covered and that's quite raw on the stove and then was um shaking the pan across the surface and i noticed large scratches across the glass afterwards oh, no. which i couldn't buff out and i didn't file a claim to air, to air cover i probably could have um i've had not the best responses so far with my claims i think there's a few things to remember is like you said the time period to file i've had people steal paring knives take the dyson head of my vacuum cleaner someone spilled a glass of red wine over a white carrera marble table but I didn't know about them because the property managers that I use didn't necessarily take photos of it and let me know. So I found this out weeks, months later, and by then it's too late to file those claims. I think it's important to claim those early. Um, but for this one, I I felt like it could also be claimed as wear and tear because it wasn't not it wasn't broken; it was just scratched. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I although have short-term rental insurance i didn't want to pay the deductible but what i did do after that guest is i wanted to mitigate against further damage from other guests i didn't want to be there when all guests are cooking i i could replace all my pans so they're sealed and they're smooth and so even if they 
shake the pans over the stove, it wouldn't cause damage. But instead, I purchased a $50 induction cooking mat, which sits on top of the stove. uh, And it can go up to 220 degrees without melting. And it covers Mm -hmm. the heating element. And it makes it easier to clean. And I can keep all my pots and pans. And I tell my guests not to take it off. And um, now I still have it on my cooktop. And so I think there's a few things, a few lessons I learned from it. One is the preventative piece, like whether it's like having the right cookware in my situation, having the cook mat to cover your precious areas, or like not having that item in that place. Like I could have had a gas cooktop. Well, in that case, I wouldn't worry about this ceramic top glass for my induction. So there, there's quite a few things that I could have done to prevent these things. And I think those are the lessons I hear from my friends who are gutted when a guest breaks their family heirloom. Like those, those items that are precious, difficult to replace, have a lot of personal value, should probably be locked away. So mm-hmm. that guests don't even have the chance of breaking it. I mean, we could break our own items, but it feels a lot worse when guests do it, whether intentionally or unintentionally. So I'd say the, one of the best things is to go through the items, your inventory, and then think about what would you do if, if it was damaged or damaged slightly or broken and whether or not you'd be comfortable with it. And if not, find ways to mitigate against it. Um, because those are the things that I think about now as I'm looking to my next projects is the pieces of furniture and the items and what items am I willing to accept wear and tear and damage and other ones that are precious to me I I store somewhere safe away from guests Hmm. that all makes sense yeah do you do you do that oh how how, you you live in your home and you have lots of personal items how do you strike this balance do you put a lot of the precious things, keep them in your private space? Or how do you design your space to protect against this? Or well, do as you, not? you say, any, anything precious um, I, I would keep uh, away from the common area. I do accept a certain level of wear and tear, such as um, scratches and glasses breaking i mean they're they're accidental a glass breaking a plate breaking anything like that um i do have better plates or nicer um, cutlery plates and glasses in a separate cabinet so not in the kitchen in the dining room cabinet so that when guests take them or use them they can see that it's in a separate cabinet rather than in the normal kitchen cabinet so Mm they'll be more respectful towards it, I expect, and I found them to be like that. But, you know, glasses and plates breaking, I, I tend to I, – I don't have many guests do that, but, of course, occasionally there is, and I just don't worry about it. Um, I have had uh, the, the umbrella that I, I keep for my guests taken quite a few mm. times, and I just decided that, you know, because it was obvious to me who had taken it because it was there when they arrived and then it wasn't there when they (laughs) um, checked out, I actually about three times have written to my guest and said, well, look, 
um, it isn't a lot of money, but you do need to replace it. And here are my bank account details, and all and all, th- <laughs> and all three times they have paid it. Okay. Um, so I don't know if they accidentally took it or if mm-hmm. they intentionally took it. Small item, but I can't keep buying umbrellas. So if you know, <laughs> if if they're going to take it, I, I I see nothing wrong with saying, okay, well you've taken it. Um, and, can, you know, can you pay for it? Um, so I've never had to take it to Airbnb. But as I said, there's such, you know, small items. The one that I found really interesting was I had a favourite mug. This mug was given to me, sent to me by Airbnb from the US um, when I uh, was disgruntled once about payment. Um, it's It's a very long story why I was disgruntled. But... I complained to them and they wanted to give me a gift. So they sent me this mug and I'd chosen the mug. So, and it was a limited edition mug and it's got the Airbnb logo underneath. And I loved this mug. And I noticed that when this guest left, the mug was missing. And I noticed as soon as he left. So, but he had caught a a flight. So I wrote to him and it took him about four days to respond. and, 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 you know, I want to be diplomatic and not be uh, accusing anyone. So the way in which I decided to word it was, would you have accidentally packed the mug in in your suitcase? And he, you know, as I said, it took about four days to, it, it took him about four days to respond and he finally did. And he, and he said, I did accidentally take it and it's with a friend of mine who lives his friend lived in Sydney but quite far out west in Sydney and he said to me that my friend would bring it to me and I waited weeks and I would always check in and his friend would never bring it to me so I then just decided to drive out to get it (laughs) this is how much I loved this mug and um I drove all the way arranged it with his friend and picked up the mug and brought it back so I proudly uh, still have it in my kitchen cupboard and nothing's happened to it. It hasn't broken or hasn't been taken again. So uh, I found found that one a bit of a bizarre, bizarre situation, especially my determination to get it back. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's why I think, has it made, is that what triggered you to put your personal items elsewhere how come this mug made it outside the um the private space the mug stays in the (laughs) kitchen i'm not going to be over it's not it's not an expensive mug it just happens Mm. to be my favorite and and with the airbnb logo and everything limited edition all of that so um that that's but look if it breaks one day it breaks one day i think i couldn't cope with the fact that it was out there somewhere. i wanted it back in my yeah. place um but you know how ridiculous taking a mug a mug how, you know seriously how do you accidentally did he bring a other mug? mugs <laughs> to your home and it accidentally got lost in his collection <laughs> No, I think what actually happened is I remember him having a cup of coffee in this mug and then I remember mm. this particular friend picking him up. So maybe yeah. he took the mug into the car and that's how it ended up in his, at his friend's place. So um, 
maybe he didn't want me to write him a bad review and that's why he decided to um, be honest mm -hmm. about it, that he had taken it. I'm not sure. And, of course, that's that's the risk that a guest takes if they do take something. I, I haven't found, apart from small items like this mug, umbrellas, I have not um, found anything being stolen. So I I actually mm -hmm. don't lock anything up. And I know that's very unusual. I just don't want to live like that. I don't want to live with having to lock things up. And I've been very, very lucky that in the 10 years that I've been a, a, an Airbnb host that I have not seen anything being stolen. Broken, yes. Yeah, that leads to no. a difficult conversation with some guests when things are damaged and you have to do the reviews because it's around that same timing. I've heard mm. some strategies around this, but what is your approach when the guests check out in the late afternoon, you get prompted to write a review, you know there's damage. What do you do with writing the review and also claiming the damages? Well, okay. I don't write the review immediately when, when let's say they've left it. In, well, you don't often get them leaving it in a bad state, but I have had that situation where they've left it particularly messy and unclean um, or, you know, something's been damaged. So I, I, I wait. I don't write it immediately. Um, so I actually bring it up with the guest first, as I did with the mug and the umbrellas. And, and if they respond and they, uh, you know, fix the problem for me, then I, I don't mind writing them a standard good review. Um, if they've been great otherwise, then a, a great view, review. It is hard, though, to word you. And, and, and I think I've resorted now to, the, to talking about positives as, as well. For example, if they've been warm, friendly, um, you know, good in every way, but maybe they've left it a little bit untidy, well, then I will... Um, give them a rating of say four uh, um, out of cleanliness um, but I will still talk about how they were great to have around and then in the private feedback uh, which isn't public I, I would mention that you know give them a few tips on how they can improve as guests I think I've come to that so it wouldn't be a particularly you know, negative review to read, but I would score, you know, four, I mean, hopefully not down to a three. I've never scored a one or a two um, for the different ratings that you get asked to rate them on. But, um, yeah, I mean, generally I'm, I'm, I'm scoring guests at five. I'd say that 95% or more mm -hmm. of my guests are fantastic. So, and, you know, 10 years of this, of hosting, and every night. So there, there's a lot of guests that I have hosted. So if I can say that 95% are fantastic, that's, that's um, quite a, an achievement. Not, not to me, but to the guest yeah, population. I've heard from multiple sources a tip for difficult situation of writing a re review not wanting to affect your your reviews back and forth with 
the guests and then claiming claiming uh, damages is I I know that many hosts that I've spoken to they will draft their claim and then they will write the review and in that case it, there's an order of events so that it doesn't come back later as potentially retaliation if you write a bad review um, so many people host make sure they draft that review and once the reviews have swapped then they then they submit the claim and i think i'm not sure if i'd go through that trouble like i'd probably submit the claim but there is a risk that you submit the claim before the reviews are written and then the guest gets irritated and write you a bad review or score you poorly because they don't agree with it or they're not happy that you're claiming damages so that's why some hosts they will draft it and then they will write the reviews get and then after the guests write their review they'll submit for damages um but that's i have that's logic that makes a lot of logical sense doesn't it because um people do yes. become vindictive if they yeah. you know and it helps with Airbnb because then they can see the timestamps and then they can look at their negative review as potential retaliation for you requesting damages. Um, that's right. So like, yeah. So mm. I think that's, that's quite handy. Hopefully most hosts don't have to go through it often. I don't think I've claimed any damage except for I tried to claim, um, the repair on the table the marble table and i think air cover rejected it the guest refused to pay and it was a few hundred dollars to get it repolished and i haven't done it yet because it's more affecting my aesthetic of the apartment than any of the guests who care about an etched table because it's it's basically just red wine on marble so it looks a little bit faded but it can always be rebuffed so I think that's mm. one thing that I've accepted with hosting is that there's an increase of wear and tear. Like there's more people in your home, more risks of things happening. And I think it's a lesson that many hosts learn over time. I have a friend who got into Airbnb hosting in the last several months, and she's very devastated every time like the toaster is broken and she needs she's missing a spatula but in the grand scheme of things the the revenue that she's generating versus keeping it empty and even the incremental revenue from putting on short-term rental versus long-term rental offsets the cost of a spatula or a toaster and even when you rent it out long term someone can still mm -hmm. break your spatula or like can still break your toaster so when, when people are using it that's why they're paying for it is the, the privilege to be able to use these items and over time, these items break down. Is she in a shared? Um, it, it just, is she hosting it's in a shared Airbnb unit, property? Yeah. Or it's is an entire it, space. Um, yeah, look, I think there's a lot more breakages in that situation yeah. than there are with the shared. I think that's why I don't get a lot of um, breakages because when I talk to my friends who host an entire place, they're dealing with mm -hmm. a lot more.
than I am. See, as I said, one of mm -hmm. my friends has claimed three times on air cover mm -hmm. and all three times she got paid. What's the reason why air cover wouldn't cover your, it your table? Like, because it was just etched. Really? Red wine yeah. being spilt on it yeah. is, is wear and tear? Yeah. Maybe. Um, I don't know. I, I've had guests break the same thing three days in a row, and that's when I realized, and that's where my comment around being preventative works, because there's a certain... There's a certain setup you can have to minimize the risk of damages. And so I have a ledge in my in my shower and it's not very deep. So it can hold a few bottles of shampoo and conditioner and body wash, but they are basically edge to edge from the bottles. And so I remember buying a brand new bottle from the grocery store and the first guess while using it drops it onto the tile and like the pump smashes <laughs> and the liquid's still fine like mm -hmm. it didn't spill everywhere but it just broke the pump and so not thinking too much i'm like well i'll just get another pump and then this broken bottle becomes the refill second guest comes a week later smashes the same mm. <laughs> body wash and i'm like well and i'm like there's clearly wow. something that's not intuitive about using this pump and also, I no longer want to store multiple mm -hmm. bottles of refill and the risk of this thing. So I decided <laughs> to just change bottles to something that doesn't is more durable. And then that way, I just chose a different design of a body wash container. And I'm like, if it falls on the floor, it's not going to smash like the other ones. And I'll just pour the body wash and shampoo from the broken ones into this new container. And then I'm good. And, you know, it's not something you would ever claim, but I think there's mm. things like that around the house that you can consider. Like they're, they might be fine because you live there and you designed it and it's your intentions, but people coming in, you don't really want to have to do a walk to explain the proper way to do it. It should be quite intuitive and also robust. So it doesn't require a large checklist of how you can stay in the place. It should be a welcoming space that's intuitive and does not require a manual or a video to watch. Do you know? Yeah. Your place is pretty self-explanatory, mm. I think. It is, and I tend to keep it minimalistic. I think that helps as well. If you've got a lot of clutter, it's it's so easy to to break things because there's so many things to break. But if you keep it to a minimum. You know, there's other minor damage that I've also mm -hmm. learned about over time. One is the uh, marks on the yeah. wall, especially in the guest yes. bedroom, from luggage. So mm -hmm. they're bringing luggage in and out and they and it gets dragged across the wall and um and then they open luggage and then the 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 um you know the the luggage hits the wall and creates another mark and I've got white walls so it's very obvious when someone leaves and there's all these marks and I've I've just found that um, you can buy this anywhere at um, Coles, Woolworths, um, Howard Storage and it's a it's called the magic eraser mm -hmm. and you just wet it and then you rub it on the mark on the wall and it removes the mark without mm. leaving yeah. a watermark. 
if you know what I mean. <laughs> and I love it. So so then I don't have to worry about it if, if, if a guest has left marked on the walls. I don't have to get the entire mm-hmm. room repainted just because mm-hmm. of the marks from luggage. So um, that's a tip that I would suggest mm-hmm. to anyone to, to use. Just And it's inexpensive and you can just rub on the wall. It's like... As, as the name suggested, yeah. erases the marks from the wall. The other one that um, really threw me is when a guest um, had put her hot drink on mm-hmm. my um, wooden table oh, the and it leaves a yeah. uh, ring, a ring. And I, I was very disappointed with that because it was a beautiful, it is a beautiful table. I still have it. So I didn't know what to do mm-hmm. about it. I thought it was permanent damage. So I Googled it mm-hmm. one day because it was bothering me so much. The and iron? Um, apparently, it, they can be removed. <laughs> yes. I know. You iron this. it. Yes, yeah, I've done this. You iron it. I was gobsmacked. <laughs> I was absolutely gobsmacked. Like you see the video that they're doing it and you think, is this for real? So yes, I ironed it, and lo and behold, I've done the mark this. Actually, I I found this beautiful Danish credenza at an estate sale in Queensland, and a brand new one costs twenty eight. Not brand new one, but a undamaged one costs twenty eight hundred dollars on Gumtree, and because of this watermark, I offered four hundred dollars for it, and it's beautiful authentic danish mid-century credenza and then i i googled it and it was like use an iron and i got most of it out and then i then bought some varnish and i just gave it a fresh coat it looks really nice like i saved thousands of dollars from it on the painting Mm. one so i used to run a painting company when i was 17 years old in canada and i've learned a lot about different types of paint like low odor paints but also how to paint your home if it's going to be in a high traffic area or when you have kids who might draw on walls. And I've recently worked with different painters in Queensland and Victoria, and they love to use matte finish because it doesn't reflect any light and it hides all the imperfections on the wall. So you don't have to patch the little holes or um, any, any imperfections on the wall. But then what that means is there's no protection of the walls because there's no resin. And so when you wipe it or when you scuff it, the paint comes off and then you have this mark. So it makes it really difficult to clean because there's no sheen to it. So I always use eggshell finish on my paints because it has a bit of resin to it, but it's not as shiny as semi-gloss that you would have in bathrooms and kitchens. But that little bit of resin makes your paint last so much longer because it's a little bit shinier and you can take a cloth, a microfiber cloth with some soap, with some sugar soap, which many people use. You can use dish soap and it works fine. And it just lasts so much longer and you don't have to repaint as often. So of the places that I've painted with eggshell finish, I don't think I've repainted because all the scuff marks that I've had, I've been able to wipe wipe out and i think the only times you'd have to repaint is if you ding the wall like if someone dents the wall and leaves a mark because then 
like no the amount of resin is not going to protect someone putting a hole in your wall <laughs> then you want to patch it and paint it but that's my secret <laughs> uh, that's my tip for for paint when you're repainting is go for a little bit of sheen because that sheen will protect you um, from scuff marks and that it really hurts when you paint your home and then you make the first scuff mark and it's big and you can't wipe it off and then you have to touch it up yourself just having a little bit of sheen takes you so far with saving time having to touch up paint you can just wipe it <laughs> i love sugar sorry <laughs> when i actually have a lot of marks to remove which doesn't happen often but that's when I pull out the sugar soap because it's a little bit more of an ordeal to um, to to mm-hmm. you know, set it up and use it. But then I start looking for everything everywhere that I can sugar soak <laughs> and, I, and I have fun with it. Um, but, yeah, if it's just a, a scuff mark from luggage, I just use that magic eraser that I mentioned because that's so easy. I saw easy. recently. You don't have I to mix anything saw, with anything. I think it was on on Instagram stories, someone mopping their wall and the amount of dirt that comes off from mopping your wall oh. is insane. And, and I, and I've never really wow. considered doing that, but I mean, if it's not too wet and like a, a damp mop would take a lot of dust off the wall. And I, I, it makes sense because there's lots of dust everywhere, especially on the, on the kickboards and um, high in the corners. So yeah, I think, Many people mop their walls, or they're starting to. It's become a viral story. It's become a thing. Wow, yeah. it's become a thing, so think... is it? I would have <laughs> never thought of mopping my walls. Maybe we can try it out next time when you have the sugar soap out. <laughs> yeah. So we've co- I spend enough time yeah. mopping the tiles. Um, so we've covered so many different damages and ways around it. I think we'll leave it there for this week. Thanks, Sylvia. Thank you, Ray. Bye. Bye. Cool, I stopped it.